Happy Easter to all of you. We've had a great week here at the church, um, even though it's been difficult to do the things that we normally do, but we're so glad that you were with us for our love feast uh, on Monday, Thursday. We had a great uh, Tenebrae, uh, Good Friday. Uh, there were, we estimated anywhere between four and 500 people came through our stations of the cross, and it was a great, great day, and we, we appreciate how you supported us in that. I never dreamed that my last Easter service would be like this. If we were living in ordinary times, our celebrations would be festive, they would be communal, and they would be very well choreographed. We'd wear our best clothes, we'd sit in a packed church, and we would hear trumpet fanfares. Some of us would have gathered at dawn to hear the great good story of our faith, some of us would have processed into the worship service with banners. We would have shared brunch together between services. We would have enjoyed watching with delight as our children hunted for Easter eggs. Whatever happened on that day, we would have been together, gathered as a church family to celebrate the great good news of Jesus Christ. Death is conquered. He is not here. He is risen. Hallelujah. That's what we would say, and that is what we say. The news has not changed, but the world around us has. This year, most of us won't gather in person for Easter. We will celebrate online as best we can, but the cloud of COVID-19, the coronavirus, hovers over us. So what does it mean today to celebrate resurrection when people near and far are dying by the thousands? What good can it do to insist that the tomb is empty when body bags are in short supply, mortuaries are at capacity, and families can't even gather to bury their dead? I don't know. That's the most honest thing I know to say to you today. I feel deeply inside myself like faith waiting in the shadows looking for understanding. And guess what? That is precisely where the Easter story begins. In the dark. Mary makes her way to the tomb before dawn in order to prepare Jesus' body for final burial. This is a task she has likely done many times. This is what you do to honor the dead. This is what you do to do right by the dead. Suddenly, there was an earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. This angel scared the two guards posted there so much that they fainted. Now, I don't know what your impression of angels are. Mine has usually been that angels are gentle, graceful creatures mostly female. This Easter angel is a tough guy. The earth quivers when he arrives. He pushes aside the great burial stone with little effort and then hops on it and sits. This angel has some attitude. When he glances at these two professional soldiers, they pass out. And he doesn't seem to mind that they've passed out because they're not why he's here. This angel begins to remind me actually of my UPS guy. 
He's very focused on his job. He is there to deliver a package, not to sell me anything. He's not there to be my buddy. He's there to ring the doorbell, hand me my package, hold out a clipboard and ask me to sign for it. He is there to deliver the good news to Mary, not to sell it to her. Once it's delivered, it's entirely up to Mary whether or not to sign for it, open it, and use it. The good news is only ever preceded in the Gospels by one short sentence. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Zechariah, to take Elizabeth. She will bear a son, and you will call him John. Don't be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife. Her baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit, and you will name him Jesus. Don't be afraid, shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. These angels all deliver their packages and wait for you to sign. Don't be afraid, Mary. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has been raised as he said. Now, go quickly. Tell the disciples, Jesus will meet you in Galilee. This is my message. Please sign here. Matthew emphasizes those three words at the end of that sentence, as he said, because three different times in his gospel, Jesus tried to deliver the good news to the disciples and they wouldn't sign for it. It begs the question of us, I think, why do we so often come to so many situations looking for death when we have been promised that life is there waiting for us? How is it that people like us, when we only hear the first half of the good news, the Son of Man will suffer and be killed, but we don't stick around long enough to hear the great good news, but God will raise him from the dead. Can you sign for this good news today? The angel's work is done. Just as with Mary, what happens to this package now is entirely up to you and me. The good news arrived while it was still dark. I've wondered why uh, just this one time in the Bible that the good news didn't come to us uh, impossible to miss. A message written in the stars that everyone would understand. My experience has been that the presence of God is almost always found in murky places, in the dark, in the shadows. My clarity and hope and healing comes mostly when I'm willing to linger in those murky places long enough to watch God work. In today's story, Mary came to the tomb and it was, during the dark, it was in the dark. She came in great grief. Her master, her friend, didn't die by natural causes. He didn't die from an accident. He didn't die from a disease. He was taken, tortured, executed. It was a bad death. And there, the last to leave the crucifixion and the first one there to tend to her friend was Mary, fully expecting the worst. But there in that murky place, she found an angel, or better yet, an angel found her. And what happened next was that the great disappointment of her life bumped up against the love of God. Mortality's no collided with the Almighty God's yes. That is the Easter package that we have been delivered. Don't be afraid. He's not here. He lives. Some years ago, 
Rowan Anderson, who at the time was the Archbishop of Canterbury, preached an Easter sermon that made a really big impression on me. He said that the goodness of the resurrection is most evident for those who have lost people they love to any sort of incomprehensible evil, the tragedy of illness, the meaninglessness of an accident, or the horrors of violence. When the death squads operated in countries like Argentina and El Salvador, the Christians there developed a very dramatic way of celebrating their faith, their hope, and their resistance. In the liturgy, someone would read out the names of those who had been disappeared. That's what they called it, presumably killed, bodies never found. For each one of those names that was read out loud, someone in the congregation would call out, Presente, here. When the assembly gathered, whenever we, our assembly is gathered before God, the lost are indeed Presente. When we pray during our, our worship services, we say presente for all of those that the world forgets, but God doesn't. With the ones who have already died from the coronavirus and the ones who will. With the ones who have lost their jobs and aren't sure they'll ever get them back. With the ones in the hospitals who can't be visited by the ones they love and face the prospect of dying alone. With the ones whose families can't give a memorial for them just yet. For all of them, we say, presente. For the ones who are too exhausted to hear today because they are on the front lines at hospitals and shelters and clinics. I've been thinking about them a lot lately. We have several, actually quite a few, members of our congregation who are on those front lines. We've reached out to them to say how much we appreciate them. I got to thinking about them in connection with one of the great tragedies of our nation, and that was on 9-11. If you'll remember, we, we had firefighters who were rushing into buildings that were crumbling around them, and we called them heroes, and they were, and they are. I've been thinking about these frontline hospital workers. They rush into those buildings on a day, and they try to help all they can. They, they save people. And then they go home and guess what? They get up the next day and they walk back into it again and again and again. There's no way we can thank them enough for what they're doing. So we say with them, presente. And with Christ our Lord, by whose death our lukewarm love can be kindled back to life, who leaves no human soul abandoned, who gives to everybody the dignity of a name and a presence. He's not here. He is risen. Presente. Winston Churchill planned his own funeral service. At the close of the service uh, in um, St. Paul's Abbey, on the eastern entrance, there was a single trumpeter, and that trumpeter sounded taps. It was a very powerful moment. And when the song was over, there was a long pause and then on the, the other end of the abbey, another trumpeter. And this trumpeter sounded reveille, the morning song signaling a new day. Today is Easter. Today is the day of God's yes to death's no. Today is the day to shout, presente. Today is the day to play reveille. He is not here. He is risen. 
Now please sign here. Hallelujah. Amen.